The insurance companies hate him for this one simple trick. Uh, <laughs> and it's episode four and five. We talked about episode one through three last time. Episode four and five came out uh, afterwards, obviously, because that's how that goes. Episode six will come out next. Um, Welcome to this episode of Toast Talk. I am your host, Will. Joining from holy fucking shit. Nice. Joining me for the cross. Joining from across the internet is. I'm not saying it. I don't. I put, there's no way I'm going to pronounce that. Usually I'll say it back. I can't do it today. Ulyanje. I don't know. I mean, that was pretty close. Well, we're back, y'all, with another episode of Toast Talk. Can you believe it? Uh, it is July. Uh, I don't know why I said that. We're recording on a, on a Sunday. Last week was 4th of July. That's where. So a week ago was 4th of July. So we did not record. Um, and then today is 11th of July, so we are recording. And there you have it. What's new, man? What, what's going on? Uh, nothing. Oh, well, actually, playing a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So, like, in the MMO world, real quick, there's been this mass exodus from World of Warcraft because people have had enough of Blizzard shenanigans. And they're like, there's a lot of... MMOs having new expansions coming out at the end of this year. Yeah. And Final Fantasy has been a space that um, has finally garnered the attention of, like, you know, larger players, larger streamers, the yeah. MMO space. And everybody's enjoying it because it's it lacks the toxicity that WoW is known for. So, yeah, I've been in that, playing that with a couple friends. Uh, I've had a character for a while, like a monk that I played. So I just kind of picked that back up and kind of just enjoying that in some spare time here and there. That's so what what is it? I'm unfamiliar with the uh, shenanigans that Blizzard has been inflicting on the WoW players. So what's what's like what's been co- causing everyone to dip? Yeah, so Blizzard. I mean, over the years, you're looking at you know almost a decade now of essentially a company that doesn't really listen to their consumers, right? Doesn't listen to their fans, uh-huh. Uh-huh. treats their fans. It's like the abusive relationship kind of standard where they know how popular they are. They know the type of grasp they have on the market share. So they do what they want. And if you don't like it too bad, you're not going to unsubscribe anyways. It's kind of their mm. mentality. Okay. And with World of Warcraft, it's more of a culture thing than anything. I mean, a lot of people who play it the most grew up with it. Right. right? So there, there's an ingrained, like a lot of people who've met their significant others. A lot of people who've met a lot of their good friends. A lot of people who now work there. Like it's more of a lifestyle than anything. But it's gotten to the point where the neglect is starting to be uh, it's it's like everyone's now conscious of how Blizzard views them. And Blizzard, as a company, has been bleeding, you know, veteran talent, like people who uh. were there at the beginning. And they're just becoming the shell of the company they used to be when it came to caring about games. And the game has been less about, you know, the designers and the fans and more about it just as a product um, being packaged and resold. And because of all the latest firings, they've also had a history of, showing great numbers year after year of growth and, you know, making great money and then firing a bunch of people. Uh, and it's gotten to the point where now it's starting to reflect in the product, but they could care less. People are like, well, there's other options now. It's not like in the past where you had, um, you only had World of Warcraft to choose from and every MMO outside right. of that was dog shit. So right. uh, it's, and and the reason that Final Fantasy is kind of starting to gain a lot of steam is because those developers are like some of the OG developers where uh, Final Fantasy failed originally. It was called uh-huh. 
it had an original le- release. They didn't do well. It wasn't a great game. It failed. And instead of ditching the project, um, Square Enix, you know, doubled down. They got a director um, that really cared about the franchise. And he turned that whole ship around and all the devs got on board. And they really care about the game, like the way they do their um, presentations, the way they interact with fans, the changes they made to fix the game were all based on fan recommendations. So it's like that was unheard of in the MMO space. Uh, and that's why a lot of people are flocking to it. And it's just a more positive environment for that because the people that are in there know that they like their input, the time they put into the game is actually valuable. So that's uh-huh. that's, the, that's the long of it. Um, there's more details and nuance, but that's the gist of what's happening. And uh, it's for the better. I mean, you always want competition, right, to keep the market uh, operating in the benefit of the consumer. So, Do you see that as as like, are they shifting more focus and attention towards Overwatch since that's where it seems like the big attention is now with like Overwatch League? And that's no, where Overwatch the money is going through the same or? problem as well. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, it's, it's Blizzard as a company is getting so <clears throat> real quick when activision acquired blizzard they acquired them kind of tangentially um by acquiring a group there so early blizzard when they were essentially going bankrupt like the marvel days right when they uh, needed money they got bought by essentially just an investment group the investment group had it on their portfolio didn't really care what they did so they kind of kept kept that og feeling of you know just a bunch of guys in the basement making a game Right. And then Activision came along when they made all that Call of Duty money and bought Blizzard essentially, but advertised it as a merger. That's why you see Activision Blizzard. Well, okay. Activision is essentially owned by a bunch of old executives that used to work for like Nabisco and a lot of snack companies. And their view on how to run a game company was rooted in that model, okay. uh, which completely excluded gamers and customer input. Like how many snack companies care about the customers that eat their snacks, right? Uh, and that allowed them to just rock it in revenue, and that became the focus. And that's where we're at now with all those games. So Hearthstone, um, Overwatch, uh, obviously World of Warcraft, like they're all seeing the same thing because they're just they're firing people too. Like the company is probably a third of the size it used to be, uh, and the product is reflecting that on all fronts. And people are just leaving those games because now there's competition. Yeah, I mean, you and I have talked about this, like, kind of practiced by Blizzard, I think, because there was, was it like an office of theirs in France where they they shut the whole office down or something like that? Yeah, most of their and, offices in Europe, yeah. And our discussion, I think, was like, I was on the side of, I don't have a problem with it as long as, like, the team they're retaining is is what they need for the product. Like, that was, like, if, the, if, if your workforce is redundant yeah. and you need to streamline, like, obviously, it, it amounts to people losing their jobs, which is always terrible. Mm-hmm. But as a business, if you can do the product well with the with a smaller workforce i mean by all means that opens up more resources for other ventures but if yeah. the product's suffering where it's clear that the you know that outcome is not being met by less people being employed then i mean that's a problem and yeah. to your point when you know that that's where the competition comes in you know is i know like you and you know and you get you and andrew have the you know let uh, casuals ruin terror podcast because you guys were both big into Hearthstone, and then when you know League of Legends came out with Legends of Runeterra, you guys went over there pretty quick. So uh, you know, I can imagine like the more of those alternative options come out, I mean, Bliss is going to start to feel it. I mean, you vote with your dollars, right? That's what people say. Yeah. So, there's also this weirdness that so with after because this obviously happened after that conversation we had, where since the post Exodus, a lot of information is coming out about mm-hmm. the business practices and what actually mm-hmm. working at Blizzard feels like and how with a lot of the firing, they technically don't have CSRs anymore. It's completely automated and that's affected feedback and, you know, resolution of problems. And 
Really? Um, and it's also impacted the culture. So when they fire, when they've been firing these groups of people that they needed, that's reflecting in the product, the people who are still there feel less inclined to want to work there and they're leaving. So not only they're, so like they thought, oh, we'll just get rid of these people, but now they're bleeding from people who just don't want to be there anymore. Right. Um, and it's even like the attitudes of a lot of professionals. You have a lot of directors that are lashing out at certain streamers saying, oh, yeah, we never liked that person anyways. He's an asshole and stuff like that. It's like, what are you guys doing? Right. Like as a company, Blizzard has always been so focused on PR mm-hmm. and they still fail at it. So it's like now it's just it's it's hectic over there. And it's going to be interesting to see when the earnings calls start picking up, especially towards the end of the year, what those sound like, because they can't sound good. Um mm-hmm quick metric from Final Fantasy side because Square Enix is very open about their numbers and about their stuff where Activision even though their public is very closed off about exactly what's going on uh, Final Fantasy said their last expansion is called Shadowbringers was their largest sale to date and this is before the exodus Endwalker which is their next one coming out um, this holidays already has 150% more pre-orders than they've ever had on any other expansion wow and their player base already has increased by like has doubled, mm-hmm. right? So you're talking about I think they were averaging somewhere above, uh, like in the seven hundred thousand concurrent players, and now they're up in the millions. And, okay. and Walker hasn't even come out yet, so like it's it's you're seeing it, um, and it's it's crazy that I mean Blizzard has been radio silent. Interesting, but yeah, that's it's. I never thought it would happen. Because <laughs> like yeah. Blizzard Activision in that space is just massive. Well, you know, what people had enough, so what are you gonna do? Yeah. Well, um I uh this past weekend, or actually the like Wednesday through Friday, I was up in uh, good old Nash Vegas. Oh um yeah, a buddy of mine lives up there and he had some he came into possession of some LA United tickets. Nice. Um and so he invited uh me and uh, one other friend up there and, and you went to and, watch him lose. That's right. We, well, they drew. They drew, actually. Oh, they drew. Okay. Well, yeah, so the the game was pretty wild, man. Uh, so not to get too deep into it, but yeah. um, Nashville's only lost one game this entire season. Oh, really? Is this yeah. their first season or was last season? It, this is their second season. Okay. Um, in the MLS, because prior to 2020, they were in the USL, which is like a league below. I didn't um, know they MLS. existed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not it, – it, the setup is not the same. They're not – in the same so like in England you have like Barclays Premier League or uh-huh. the Premiership. If you get relegated, you can go down a league and down another league below that. And there's yeah. like a bottom of that. USL is not like the MLS, you you can't get relegated out of the MLS. Um it's it the MLS has to have an expansion team like named in your city, and then mm-hmm. you can either create a new team like Atlanta did, because Atlanta had the Atlanta Silverbacks. Um, and then they created Atlanta United, they and they didn't like, you know just move their USL team into the MLS like Nashville did. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, the game ended 2-2. Uh, there was a very controversial red card given to uh, one of Atlanta's players towards the end of the game. Uh-oh. Uh, I, I mean controversial because it was absolute horseshit. should not have been given. Uh, <laughs> and I say that objectively, like it's not like as a LA United fan, take that out of it. If you look at it there, I still cannot under like watching replays understand why there was a foul and a red card given. But whatever, uh, it was nice. Nissan Stadium is kind of a dump, um, <laughs> and and it may you know and and obviously I've you know having gone to games at Mercedes Benz Stadium, which is amazing, then going to Nissan Stadium and cert like 
just simple things like lack of signage pointing to where you should go for yeah. your so like we were in like the second we were in like section 200 something mm-hmm. and we had to find the stairs to walk up to get to it and we had to walk like halfway around the stadium to get to the stairs but there's no signage we had to ask like several people and i literally walked up and asked one of the staff that was like you know at the lower bowls you have the staff station at the top of the section like checking tickets to make sure you don't have like a high you know like a cheap seat where you're actually just trying to sneak down to like the good seats yeah um and i said do you know where the stairs are because we're trying to get up one section and she didn't know where the stairs were <laughs> it's like well, so you don't know, then, know. Who, then who knows so that stunk and then i'm used to the good like those good prices at mercedes-benz stadium yeah that was like a whole thing arthur blank wanted well, not anywhere else, apparently. Nissan Stadium, I spent $24 on two beers. Oh, my uh, gosh. It was, they were two, like, tall, sort of tall boy Heineken's. Still. Um, yeah, still. It was terrible. I mean, that's what it is, so whatever. They're I mean, two I, I VB long necks. Yeah, so <laughs> my thing is, like, I don't know what, what's going on up there in Nashville, but... Um, my next it's, comment's not going to make sense, but at this point, you know, Mercedes-Benz is the Cadillac of stadiums. <laughs> there you go. Sense. It is. <laughs> That's exactly right. And uh, not just in the way it looks, but in the fan experience. You exactly. Know? And, and we're Nissan stadium was like The seats were fine. I mean, the stadium, it's overall as a professional stadium, it's fine. But I think it needs to get with the times of uh, current stadiums, especially because the Tennessee Titans have been doing well lately. I mean, it's typically what causes like any kind of growth of the stadium is how the NFL team is doing. Like the MLS yeah. team winning and things is not going to make them be like, maybe we should build a whole new stadium. Cause I think, I think according to a friend who lives up there, he, they are building a separate stadium for Nashville SC. Um, I don't know why I feel like you should just put all that money into building one nice stadium for both teams. But exactly. Whatever. That's just me. I don't know where you're going to put it, because you're familiar with Nashville, yeah. Nash Vegas. I mean, and uh, uh, Nissan Stadium is like right there at Broadway. There's not like a big giant area of field next to it for another stadium. So yeah, uh, you gotta, you're gonna have to end up putting it probably like out by the Gulch or somewhere else. It's not actually in Nashville, which I don't, yeah. I don't think is a big deal because that perimeter is very small. So you can still get to it fairly easily, and they'll just say it's in Nashville. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I think next time you go though, you gotta go to a Preds game, man. Predators, Predators oh, yeah. game is a good time. Yeah. Better prices too. Well, I mean, hockey in general is just fun to watch. Yeah. Like professional hockey is fun. Um, but yeah, no, I have to check that out. It was a good trip. It was a good little trip. Little little couple of days up there nice. in Nashville. Um, I like the area. Uh, so yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun for sure. Um, I also started watching. Uh, just to kind of get in a couple of topics. Um, the uh, I started and then had to immediately stop. But uh, Resident Evil actually actually has like two series that they're putting out on Netflix. If two? I'm mistaken, yeah. So they have um, an, an animated one, yeah, uh, which is called Infinite Darkness. Okay, and it follows Leon and Claire Redfield. It's a terrible as they're, name. As they're, yeah, as they're dealing with um, some conspiracy against the president, another outbreak, what have you. Um, it's canonical in the game series because when they talk about Leon. Someone says, oh, is that the guy that saved the president's daughter? Which obviously is what happens in Resident so right Evil 4. After, yeah, it's right after 4 then. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's right after 4. I think it may be. I, I don't... I mean, I'm not sure. Oh, you know what? Uh, I think they said 2000... The year was 2003? Or 2008 or something. It said a year that was not recent, and then next to it said present day. So I guess it's... <laughs> it's like, all right, I guess. I'll put myself there. Um, so it's <laughs> clearly before definitely Resident Evil 8 and 7, probably 6. Gotcha. 
probably even five. Who knows? But uh, definitely after four. Um, so that's been pretty good. Uh, but they're making a live action Resident Evil series. They don't need to do that. Why do they always do that? I don't, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I'm in the mindset now when because obviously we consume a lot of media. And when I see things like books or, or read books or, you know, see certain shows that they want to remake, I always think to myself, does it have to be live action or can we do animated now? Because animations have done very well lately in the West right. and they've been very well animated. I mean, Invincible is a great example of this, right? Where mm-hmm. originally they wanted to do it with uh, live action and the pitch that got it over the top was them saying, what if we did it animated and got a bunch of dope voice actors right. and people have loved it. Like people who usually don't watch animated stuff um, end up watching it. So uh, yeah, I think if you already have two series, like if you already have this series, which is very well done, it has that fidelity that you're used to in that new resident evil engine. Mm-hmm. Just keep with that. Like you don't have to bring real actors into it. Right. Cause it's going to be like, they're going to cheap it out. I know they're going to cheap it out. Yeah. Well, according to this, like the cast, one of the cast members is Lance Reddick. Um, from John Wick and from the wire. Uh, mm-hmm. he's playing Albert Wesker. Oh, great. They're going to live action with Wesker. Uh, t- <laughs> yeah. Well, they've, they've live action with Wesker before. It's I know not, it's not good. It's not. <laughs> they've done it. Cause with animated Wesker, you can do all the fun power shit. Yeah. And then they're doing, um, what the fuck is this other guy's name? The there's a few other people I believe maybe I'm getting them mixed up because I know there's another one they were doing called Welcome to Raccoon City, oh my where the guy who I don't bet terrible names the guy who is in um, I mean there's a few actors I recognize here but whatever um, the guy that was in Umbrella Academy mm-hmm. that plays the gorilla man yeah he is in it as someone so whatever it's very early production like if you go to Netflix now there's like a spot for it that just says Resident Evil. Yeah. Um, but there's no information, no promotional, anything. But this animated series is pretty. I mean, animation looks amazing. Um, I know they've they've had movies with this kind of animation style for Resident Evil, but I don't know if they did like a full on series. Um, but obviously, we're in the day and age of streaming, so that makes more sense. Um, I yeah, also. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say I know they're rebooting the movie series as well. So I, mm-hmm. it's one. It, it's it's like it's the whole you know eat your eat your food first before you have dessert right you're not just yeah. don't eat breakfast dessert and lunch and dinner all at the same time like right. they, they always get overzealous with resident evil whenever they approach this stuff so it makes it feels like no one thing gets the full amount of attention it needs well it just um, seems like two different companies are making this shit at the same time this is what it seems like to me um but I've also been, I also the other day started watching, um, I only got a few minutes in, but I started watching um, the first uh, Mobile Suit Gundam movie, um, the one from like pff, the 80s or whatever. Oh, word. Um, yeah, it's fine. It looks ridiculous, but um, <laughs> I'm excited. Well, I, you know, I watched, I guess, Gundam Wing is what it was, like yeah. on two, whatever was on Toonami um, when I was growing up, and, and that was, you know, exciting to me. And then I haven't watched any Gundam anything since then. And yeah. there's a lot of, I think all three movies are on Netflix and then a few of the other series. Um, so I'll have to check that out. Uh, keep watching it because it, it is, it is interesting to me. I'm not big into the mech animes. Um, I never have been except for that, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah, most people aren't. Most people aren't. It yeah, sucks. <laughs> most people, most people are, it's, it's always been a niche yep. genre, which is why Mecha took off. Um, because Mecha was more wild and more uh, uh, kind of Dragon Ball-esque, right, when it came to fights and stuff, where, you know, Mech is just kind of like, hey, these are big, lumbering things. 
Right. Um, and then the, the mech genre usually focuses more on like politics stuff too. So, um, so it's understandable. But yeah, Gundam, Gundam, uh, Gundam has some good stuff in there. Uh, let's talk about some trailers that came out uh, over the past week. Um, one came out this morning um, and one came out earlier this week. So just a quick one out of the way. FIFA 22 dropped their trailer or EA dropped the trailer for FIFA 22. Um, it's the reveal trailer. So in typical fashion, there is uh, not a lot of information about the game in there at all. Mm-hmm. Um, there, It looks like they're talking about this new like game physics engine potentially or whatever they're using to make the players seem more real um that's fine i'm really trapping their souls yeah yeah they're just (laughs) exactly i'm more interested to see what the features are because that's been the thing the criticism of ea sports games the past few years especially like madden is like (laughs) not not much seems to change yeah um at all uh, I mean, I even for me, I was playing. It's just sports games in general. I don't know what it is, but they just love to reuse shit. So like two K twenty one, even I was playing that the other day, and the practice arena, like their career mode, like when you have like practice practices with the team, mm-hmm. everything is the same. Like the court, the animations for the coaches, nothing's different from two K twenty. So I, I mean, clearly, I guess it's just to save money. Thing. money. Let's just reuse the real shit, the same shit from last time. But the you know there was a notorious issue with Madden twenty. Two or Madden 21, I guess it would be whatever the most recent Madden was, yeah. where their stadium, like the practice mode you can go in there, the bleachers there had logos for the previous game on it. It had like Madden 20 decals yeah, all over that. it um, because they literally just reused it and didn't update any information on it. So um, that's been the big <laughs> criticism of EA in general and sports games in general. So I'm, like, that's great. They have a thing in here that's making the players look more realistic. That's obviously what you want in a game. But I'll be more excited when I see what kind of features, like career mode, ain't changed the ultimate team. Like, what's going to make this game different from FIFA 21? Listen, you you got to think of the nothing. shareholders. All right. Yeah. Gotta, they got to get that value. That well, it's going to be bought. Because, like, we, we had a whole conversation earlier about, like, competition of games. FIFA's mm-hmm. only main competition is Pro Evolution Soccer, which Konami makes that. And it's yeah. dog shit. It's terrible. It's it is like the loser of the soccer game franchise, like world or whatever. Um, the players look a little bit better, sort of in the game, but again, it's just it stinks. It stinks. It's not like compared which, to which FIFA. is understandable. I don't know how much you know about Konami, uh, but their start and their claim to fame is uh, gambling. Oh, so, okay. Like, yeah, they're one of the big casino owners in Japan when it comes to. That's always been their focus. So when they started in the games, they kind of lucked into it because they had yeah. the capital to invest okay. back then. And ever since, they just kind of milk it because they're like, we're not, we're just here for, we just want casinos where people could smoke, drink, and spend money. Yeah. Um, so Pro Evolution, okay. I could see, and, and they've gotten a lot more um, aggressive with how much they neglect the gaming side. So I could see if it got worse, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, there were some years where they were giving it out for free very early on in the yeah. season, where it's like, typically, that doesn't happen with FIFA. And first of all, never. They never get away <laughs> for free. <clears throat> but they'll do, like, deep discounts on it when, like, the main club seasons are over. That gotcha. kind of stuff. So, I mean, that's to, as with Madden, like, when, when, and it, when football season's over, when basketball season's over, you start to see, like, the games being sold for, like, $20 each, you yeah. know, and... and uh, um, but I, I've been playing it through, uh, the EA game pass through Xbox, um, game pass. Yeah. Game pass is awesome. Or EA play dude, dude, it is unreal. Like I yeah. got in a big argument about it compared to PS now, like the cost of it. And I was looking at the, I don't know what the fuck Sony's doing, 
Like <laughs> it is so night and day better than yeah. than PS Now. It's uh, it's not even right. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, what, Microsoft what, has really knocked it out of the park with getting that service where it is now. Um, mm-hmm. They also put a lot more focus into it than Sony did. Like Sony was kind of focusing in other areas, and it tell you can tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, PS Now is fine, but no Xbox Game Pass is great. So yeah, yeah I mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell up. you one thing. I'll tell you one thing that's better though is that like Game Pass, you have to download the games to your Xbox to play it. Like PS oh, gotcha. Now, you can just you can just stream the games. Yeah. Um, so as long as you have a good internet, you can do both. But as long as you have a good internet connection, um, some of them you have to download. But but the whole purpose of it is you is you can stream the games and not have them downloaded, which would be great. Uh, but Microsoft has gone the avenue of like, no, you have to download it, which is fine. I mean, it's like trade off. Is like, would I rather like, hey, you got to try, you got to download all these games, but they're day one releases. I'm like, that's oh, fine. I'll yeah. take it. I don't I'm like. I'm yeah. not going to argue with that. Or it's like, <laughs> hey, you can stream them, but these games have been out for ten years. <laughs> yeah, and now the I think the biggest thing was when they started adding in the PC parts too. Is like, dude, this is so much value. Oh yeah. Well, and then they they're eventually going to have like the X Cloud streaming service, like you can put yeah. your damn phone and everything and. Um, my uh, the C the not the CEO of Microsoft. He was on this, the podcast recently, or another show I, I listened to. But um, the guy that's the head of of um, Xbox for Microsoft, like he Phil was, Spencer? I guess he was on a uh, Recoder, a uh, Recode, or yeah. Decoder, whatever the fuck the podcast is called. And they basically were talking to him about like the future of like streaming, and like if um he is ever sees a time where like there's like a xbox app on like a roku tv and you just connect the controller to it and you play the game straight from that and you don't actually have like an xbox anymore so um i mean the future is streaming so you know if if game pass can find a way to have the games the way they are and then also stream them i think that would be a win for them big time oh i I definitely agree yeah all right so uh what's next trailer here we're talking about all right this is the actual one that i think everyone cares about um, so Marvel put out the um, fuller trailer for What If, uh, mm. which is their series that is based on the comic. For those who don't know, it's based on the comic series What If of the same name, uh, which is basically like, hey, what what would happen if this thing was different in the Marvel universe? Um, so like in the series, it's all animated, and for them, it's got a lot of the original voice actors, not all of them, but a good bit mm. of them. Uh, it's actually Chadwick Boseman's last performance with Marvel as yeah. T'Challa, um, but like for him, using him for example, like his episode is like, "What if T'Challa was picked up by Yondu and not Peter Quill?" Yeah. Like, so what if what if T'Challa didn't become Black Panther? What if he became Star Lord? Um. So and a and so they put out like a poster of it where it shows all these different characters. Like one of the things on there is like Spider Man with Doctor Strange's cape. Um, which is all, which isn't a what if that that's a what if uh, series. Um, there's like Gamora all decked out in Thanos gear and everything. Um, so it's like what if she kind of became Thanos or killed Thanos? I don't know what's gonna be because Josh Brolin is is in the cast as Thanos, voicing Thanos for the series. So, um, we'll see what comes of that. But uh, I'm pretty excited. I mean, you know, it's August. I think August 11th was the release date. I mean, they are cranking these series out, man, and they and they've been bangers so far. Yeah, and I'm wondering how they're going to how are they going to present them? Are they trying to are they trying to combine the what if universes, or are they just saying, "Hey, these are going to play like anthology style"? Um, I think yeah, I think it's that. I think the series, the episodes are each going to be independent from each other. Gotcha. Um, and it's each one is like a different story because the the Watcher is um 
the watcher is the, the narrator. Uh, yeah, so it seems like he's just watching over each, like kind of like how the Crypt Keeper and like Tales from the Crypt kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think great, it's going like, to it. be like that. So um, we'll see. Yeah, though. some of it is interesting because like I think it's one of the more confusing trailers to watch since like you don't have context for everything. Uh-huh. So there's the standouts like obviously Agent Carter being Captain Britain, and then um, you have uh, like you mentioned T'Challa being. Star Lord, but there's certain things like there's the Doctor Strange one I didn't really understand because he's just Doctor Strange again. I didn't know if there was something different there. Um, like Hulk has a few scenes in there, but it's just like Hulk, so I don't know if there's something different there. Like there's a lot of cameos from uh, different heroes, but I'm not yeah. sure if they're different or they're just a part of that story uh, or one of the specific stories since they're all anthologies, right? So it's like that's that's it's a little bit. Hard to grasp everything that's in that trailer, but it looks real. I like the animation style um, and the stuff that I do can kind of understand on the surface uh, seem like cool. So, and they have the zombie, the zombie story in there, which everybody um, is a guilty pleasure from back in the day. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be cool. Yeah, I think it's safe to say like any character involvement in the series is in, is going to be in a what if type situation. Mm-hmm. So um, that'll be interesting to see. Um, interesting to hear some of these, you know, older. Uh, episodes or whatever or, or I'm sorry, older voice actors or yeah. whatever the voice actors we know and love but i think like some for like like tony stark for example is not uh not robert Downey jr um his is going to be interesting I'm, I'm excited to see what that looks like you know if if like because it looks like what if tony hadn't that rocket hadn't blown up and almost killed tony because yeah. it has was a killmonger picks it up and throws it or whatever yeah so that'll be interesting to see what what i mean i'm assuming the road is going to be he doesn't become Iron Man and he goes deeper into arms, you know, manufacturing and that kind of stuff. I don't know. I could yeah, be probably wrong. gets involved in the criminal world more deeply probably. because of Killmonger saving his life or something like that. That'd be cool. Yeah. Something like that. Cause I, I think in, in one of the trailers or one of the clips we saw in the teasers, there's an episode where, um, like the, what if is like, what if Chris Ev- or what if Steve Rogers did not become Captain America? What if it was Peggy Carter? Yeah. But then it has like Steve Rogers in the, like the Mach one, like you know iron man suit uh flying around or whatever so gotcha. i don't know we'll, we'll see with that it's gonna be interesting we'll see marvel's doing the damn thing so i'll be excited to see what else comes from that Same. speaking speaking of marvel doing the damn thing uh we gotta talk about some loki who uh <laughs> loki never heard know. of him i know is I know. that a what if doctors hate him <laughs> um try to, listen insurance companies hate him for this one simple trick uh and it's episode four and five we talked about episode one through three last time episode four and five came out uh afterwards obviously because that's how that goes episode six will come out next um but uh let's talk some details about that i'm not gonna go into in like deep into the storyline um but basically we learned some crucial things first thing uh timekeepers are not real which i think people for the most part suspected that yeah the time loki definitely did immediately he was like this seems like bullshit um timekeepers are not real which begs the question of like who is in charge who created the tva what mephisto i don't (laughs) think it's him this time um and then we also learned in episode four i think it's probably the two big reveals right the two big reveals were the timekeepers are not real Mm -hmm. and that when you get pruned uh, you get sent to this like alternate dimension because at the end of the episode, Loki gets pruned. 
Yeah. Uh, and he wakes up in this world where there's three other Lokis. Oh, it's four Lokis, I guess, if you count the alligator Loki. <laughs> um, so ridiculous. And then Owen Wilson's character, Mobius, got pruned before that, which was like a sad moment. But it was also kind of like, okay, whatever. He, you know, you know, this seems like a hero's goodbye. But then now you're like, oh, maybe he's alive. Yeah. So that was how episode four ended. Um, people, there were rumors that this was Battle World potentially, where you know the Beyonder, like this would come up in like a like a secret oh, war storyline yeah. down the road. Um, because Battle World is a bunch of chunks of different worlds put together into a different into its own planet. So like yeah. technically that's what's happening here, but this is more of a dumping ground, like similar to Sakar. Mm-hmm. Um, a buddy of mine sent me a video where the fan theory was like this place is uh the, the Sakar in the future or something, or Sakar after the the uh um, Jeff Goldblum's character died, even though I think he's immortal. But um, there's been a lot of TikTok theories that are just bad. Um, but that was one that they talked about. Um, but so episode four was interesting. I don't know if you had any thoughts on episode four before we talk about uh, the bigger, I think, stuff, which is episode five. Um, yeah, I mean the 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 whole shock of Mobius getting pruned and that whole reveal of I, I i i was the most interested and i think that was the point of um i forgot her name is the the woman in charge um that kind of runs the tva mm. stuff for uh the the head honchos uh but her not really knowing who they are either right uh, like I, I guess she probably didn't know they were fakes obviously but yeah. even after that it feels like she still has this motivation to serve whoever's in charge. And I'm really, really interested in like why, right? Considering she would also have to be a variant. Um, yeah. R- Renslayer comes- is her name. Yeah. Ravona Renslayer. So it's her character is kind of interesting on how they're playing that. Um, maybe it doesn't matter. Uh, I, I do think that when it comes down to the reveal of them being anim- Okay. I will say this. So at the end of episode four with the whole fight scene and then revealing they're not, you know, they're not real. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit frustrated that they, they, they decided to handle that scene with a fight scene. Right. I feel like the build up to that moment, everything before that was really good just from a pure drama aspect. And to do the reveal in a smarter way than having a, a quick fight scene where everybody throws down and then she chops that like that felt lazy to me mm-hmm. um, for the the context of the situation. Like there are plenty of ways you could have done that. And I mean, outside of that, everything else was cool, but that part really took me out of it, especially being at the end of the show. Yeah. I mean, and, part and of it episode. is part of it is Marvel having to deal with putting these storylines into like smaller series, like episodes that are less than an yeah. hour. Um, so I, yeah, I think definitely if this was a movie, you probably would have had more of a reveal of like, you know, kind of like, um, Obviously, like a, the the easy comparison is Wizard of Oz, right? Where you've got the wizard that you're talking to, and then yep. all of a sudden, or then Toto pulls the curtain back, and, <laughs> and uh, uh, the actual wizard's behind the curtain. He's like, "Oh, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain," mm-hmm. and it's whatever. That's, I think, if there was a movie they were doing this with, they would have had a little bit more time to flesh that and have more of a scene where. Maybe they're talking to the timekeepers and the timekeepers glitch or start saying weird shit that has nothing to do with what they're saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah, whatever. 
It's fine. I mean, yeah. I get what you're saying. I think the throwing in the head just lops off immediately. It was like, all right, that's a little weird. But it's also like it's a series. They're trying to yeah. make things quick and dramatic. So I wasn't too too uh, taken out by it. But I definitely get the, you know, we're used to how Marvel does things. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I get it. Um, so that was episode four. Uh, and then we open in episode five, Loki's with his Loki's. Um, so we, we find <laughs> out with my Loki. That's right. Uh, the whole, cause the whole thing is like everyone's Loki variants, whatever. Yeah. Um, I was, so like the, the variants are, you've got older Loki who's in like classic comic Loki outfit. Um, and his storyline is that he like in the scene in Endgame where Thanos killed Loki, instead of trying to stab Thanos, Loki, he, this Loki just played dead basically. Mm-hmm. And when the ship blew up, he just floated out in an asteroid and then eventually made it into like a planet or some shit like that. Yeah. Um, there's another Loki who's a kid who killed Thor. Yeah. Um, there's a Loki who he, all his name is boastful Loki. Um, he brags about a lot of different things, but I don't think his, his nexus event is that incredible. Yeah. Um, nobody knows his true story. And then there's alligator Loki, uh, which <laughs> I thought he, he was like one of my favorite characters from episode five. Cause he is so, <laughs> it's just a fucking alligator walking around with his crown on his head. <laughs> It's pretty good. But he can communicate with the older Loki. Yeah. So it's very, uh, yeah, it, it's very funny. Um, so we get that. We eventually get President Loki, which I was surprised to find out that that wasn't Tom, like the main Loki that we're familiar with, because I thought that was going to be the whole thing is that he goes to this world and, like, you know, uses his charm or whatever to get elected, like their leader, but it's a whole different Loki. Yeah. Um, that fight scene in, like, the Loki layer or whatever between all the different Lokis was so funny to me (laughs) because at the end of the day the whole point of like Loki is like he's destined to lose right that was like his whole thing yeah um and so seeing them all in the same room all turning on each other all having this giant fight it was just it was very funny yeah it makes Um, sense because Loki almost presents himself like a gesture right so a jester so it's like one of those things where it's a goofy situation and you have all the Lokis there, so it's infinitely more goofy because they're all yep. taking themselves seriously, but none of it is serious, even though they're in a serious situation. Um, it's right. It's weird. It, um, for, it's weird in the right way. Yeah, no, it, and it was perfect, in my opinion, um, in, in the way they did it, because it's it didn't spend too much time on them. They were like, hey, here's all the Lokis at once. Like, here's the chaos, whatever. Um, but and then we uh, we get this. We get another. Um, giant cloud villain right mr sunday movies did a whole thing where they talked about it compared to galactus um yeah. but we we get the whole cloud dog villain which i think i first of all i think it looked great um yeah elias. was it elias it or good. not a, uh, yeah yeah looked uh, it's it, elias. Is, that, is it elias it's okay yeah looks incredible elias. um so i don't know if it is actually now that i'm saying that let me see here <laughs> oh god loki Let's see here. Uh, oh, that's not correct at all. Hold on. Um, Eliath. Oh, Eliath. Okay. So we're close. Eliath. Whatever. Um, basically, seems like it's the it's the trash compactor of this world. Like everything gets teleported there. It basically just kills it. Um, but what that's what that kind of like has played into uh, is this connection to. Kang the Conqueror, 
um, which we'll talk about that in a second because there's some other things that point to King the Conqueror in this. But I wanted to also talk through kind of uh, a lot of the Easter eggs that came up in this episode because with it being a dumping ground for things across all of the Marvel timelines, uh, there's a lot of different Easter eggs. Um, yeah, which I think was uh, which which was fun. So the first one that jumped out to me personally was lo- was the Thanos copter, the Thanos helicopter. <laughs> yeah, from the comics. Yeah. Um, yeah, which for those who don't know, there is a comic storyline where Thanos terrorized the city in a yellow helicopter with his name written across the side, and then he is later arrested by the police. He's put, he is taken away in handcuffs. That's real. That happens. And the Thanos copter has been a joke cannon. for, yeah, it's canon. And it's been a joke for pretty much since Thanos was introduced in the MCU. People were like, oh, we're going to get a Thanos copter. And definitely where in Endgame he had that crazy double sword that he spun around. Um, People were like, oh, Thanos copter. But then we actually get Thanos copter. So we know now Thanos copter is canon in the MCU, which is nice to see. Yeah. Um. And what else do we get? We got um, a lot of these have been pointed out. Otherwise, you know, I, I had the sharp eye to see the Thanos copter because it was a giant yellow thing in front of my face. Um, but you have the giant uh, yellow jacket helmet from Ant Man, um, which was the villain from Ant Man. So that was cool. Um, we have Ronin's ship, the thing that like wrote that you know that weird long spaceship that was crash landed there. Um, you oh, have yeah, you yeah, have. Um, this uh, the head, what appears to be the head of a statue of the Living Tribunal, um, okay. which is pretty interesting. Uh, for those who don't know, it's a head with three faces. They're facing in different directions. It's kind of like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, kind of decides make passes judgment on the order of the universe, um, in certain ways. So uh, it's kind of a vague description, but it's complicated. Uh, we have a a, a helicarrier. Um, someone pointed out online that this helicarrier, according to the number on it, is the one from Winter Soldier that had all the crazy, like, you know, AI cannons and stuff on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one. Uh, we got a Sphinx, which again is also kind of like somewhat connected to uh, Kang, which we'll talk about in a second again. Um, I'm trying to think what else, what other Easter eggs. Oh, we get uh, <laughs> when when the camera's panning down to Thor's little lair. Uh, you get Mjolnir, like a full-size Mjolnir, and then a jar next to it with Throg in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which uh, is which is f- Frog Thor. There's, yeah. a, there's a story arm where, where Thor is turned into a frog, uh, and he's, that's, he's called Throg. What's interesting, if you look on IMDb, uh, Chris Hemsworth is credited for two appearances in Loki as Throg uh, for two episodes. Um, so, which, first of all, I didn't know that he voiced him at all. Maybe he did the little grunting voices for him. I don't know. Um, but, you know, this is only episode one. So does that mean where is he Throg come up in episode, in, in oh, episode six? No. It says two episodes. He's only been in one so far. There's only one left. So, hmm. Throg episode six confirmed. The plot thickens. I'm telling you, that's the real villain here of the TBA is Throg. Um, so that would be interesting to see if he comes up again, if we actually get to see him fight. But yeah, he's in a jar, buried underground, trying to get to a full-size Mjolnir, uh, which is also there, which is interesting. Um, I'm trying to think what other... I'm sure there were a lot of other ones that I'm just not... Yeah, um, I missed all these. Like, I saw the Thanos copter, but outside of that, 
Yeah. A lot of this was me seeing it in the episode and then also researching it afterwards because I was like, I got to know yeah. what the other ones are. Uh, there was another, so there is a, a part where there's a like a naval ship that gets, like an old World War II oh, yeah. ship that gets teleported there. So according to stuff online, because I was not smart enough to know this, that ship, the name of the ship, which I forget, in World War II was a ship that was rumored to have cloaking capabilities. Like that, the, the rumor was that like the U.S. government or whatever had found a way to cloak a ship using like active camouflage, um, which obviously was bullshit because it's because bull- it's like that that's technology that maybe we could work out now, but definitely not World War Two. Um, so that was just interesting kind of nod there. Yeah. Um, and then obviously this isn't so much an Easter egg, but kind of like a, oh look what he did there kind of thing. Uh, when Eliath is when when uh, Sylvie and Loki are trying to enchant Eliath. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're trying to find out who, you know, Eliath is like the guard dog. That's what they call him. Like who's behind Eliath. Um, they needed a distraction, like a big one. And so old, the older Loki conjures an illusion of the entire city of Asgard. Yeah. Um, which was awesome. And first of all, looked really good. Um, <clears throat> but it, it was just cool. I don't know. Seeing, seeing him in that old costume, uh, conjuring up this entire, you know, city, which to me, I don't know if he needed to do the whole city. He probably could have done one <laughs> building. Um, but yeah, he did the whole damn city. It was it was one thing that was cool about, I think, this episode in general was, and, and we've been learning throughout some of the other episodes, is that we know the Loki that we're familiar with has a ton of different skills based around magic. Um, but to see characters and versions of himself that have focused in different areas and how mm-hmm. far they're able to push those abilities is really cool and I think serves as a growth device for Loki in the future if we get him back somehow where he could be more powerful because it seems like he didn't know that, oh, if I focused on enchantments then I could be able to do what uh, Sylvie's doing or if I focused on my um, projections and conjuring, I could do this, like what the older Loki did. Um, And then things like daggers, right, where the Loki that killed uh, Thor had better daggers than he had, like that kind right. of stuff, right? I think that was really cool or well represented uh, in the in these episodes. Yeah, I mean the range of power they all have compared yeah. to the other ones, but you know, so we'll see what. I mean, then Loki had that realization of like, you know, I think we're uh, stronger than we realize, and so then they're able to all they're both like kind of enchant um, Eliath, and he basically dissipates, and you get what appears to be a large castle. In some kind of other realm of reality. So I guess at this point we could talk about who we think is in the castle. Uh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So pretty. Just tell me at this point. (laughs) Yeah. No. So so pretty pretty sure it's going to be Kang the Conqueror for a few reasons. So for those that are not familiar, and this is not going to be the best description. So if you want to learn about him, go elsewhere. Um, But stay here for this part. Um, The he. Basically travels through time and likes to conquer worlds through time. I think that's a pretty good description. And he's got a few different, um, a few different uh, alter egos. So obviously he's Kang. He's got Ramatut. He spent some time at one of his like identities. Spent some time in Egypt. Um, and then he was also a Richards. I forget the first name. Um, but he basically the things that pointed out to being him. First of all, is Eliath himself because him and Kang have had like some team up sort of things in the comics lo- loosely 
Um, there was also, like I mentioned before, the Sphinx with the pyramid, you know, Rama type. Um, and then the um, the uh, Avengers Tower um, in uh, at the end of episode four. That was like a big one. People were like, oh, that's, you know, um, Avengers Tower or whatever. That's pretty cool. But then as we saw in episode five, it's actually Quing Tower. Um, so the story goes that after the Avengers left Avengers Tower, this company called Quang, Quang, Q-E-N-G, took over the tower and it's Quang Enterprises. um, And that's owned by Nathaniel Richards, who is an alter ego of Kang the Conqueror. Gotcha. Um, So we've got like three or four things here that point towards Kang being the main villain. Um, That would be a huge, like, you know, switch up or you know a huge fake out if that ends up not being the case i mean marvel's never really that obvious about you know things like the clues they leave leading to you know that the conclusion that they know people are looking for the big bad villain um i would think that i've said i said from like the reveal from the jump when they revealed like the new marvel phase movies when they said ant-man quantumania starring uh, what's his face as King the Conqueror? I was like, it feels a little like if he's gonna be the next big bad villain, it feels a little silly for him to be like, we're already revealing him, and he's he's gonna make his first reveal in the the next Ant Man movie. I just don't, I just didn't buy that as making sense. So I mean, if they reveal him here and he becomes kind of like the bigger villain going through, um, the uh, you know, next Phase Five or whatever yeah. in the MCU, I mean, that'll be huge. But I mean, all signs point to him, but we never know. And you know, uh, from just the comic side on uh, the X-Men side of things, there are references to crossovers with the Kang as well. So mm-hmm. that that lends itself to that even more of them trying to find a place to bring in the X-Men. Uh-huh. Uh, you could, Kang would be a great, a great ven- uh, vehicle for that as yeah. well as a big baddie. Oh, yeah, so. for sure. What's, it's also like, what's the... I guess, like, what's the purpose of the TVA then? Like, if it's Kang, that's fine. But I'd be curious to hear the story of, like, why create the TVA? What was the purpose of that? Some theories are that he created TVA to learn as much about all different versions of reality as possible to help him be smarter and conquer better as he's the Kang the Conqueror. Yeah. Um, we also know what version of Kang this is. Like, he may not be, like, full-on Kang the Conqueror. Yeah, it could be just time-traveling Kang. Kang and the learn upstart. About yeah, just Kang, you know young young company trying to make it on the on its own um but King eventually the becomes the conqueror yeah exactly <laughs> just looking for seed investors at the time at this time <laughs> gotta get that round uh, one guys. another round round, one. yeah that's right absolutely um so we'll see i mean we'll see what happens but I, i'm excited to one to see who the person the cast one is. point i can point i i think that i i want to say at this point kind of irked me was we talked last episode a lot about the major event that Sylvie caused, right? With sending all Uh the time canisters to different timelines, essentially blowing up the main timeline. Uh And that seemed like it meant nothing at this point. And that kind of was like, what? That was a real cool concept. I thought there would be actual uh, implications, but it's just like the TVA just solved it. They send everybody yeah. off to fix the timelines and then they got it back. And I'm just like off off screen as well. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay. So I thought that the way, was cool. So I, I the way I take it. Well, I mean, the way I take it, and, and again, this is just mine, because they didn't if this is the case, they didn't explain it super well. But the way I took it was 
The plan overall for Sylvie was to kill the timekeepers, like to get in there, kill the timekeepers. And for her to do that, she needed as little resistance as possible. So I just took that as like she uh, did all that, did all those bombs in the different timelines to make the TVA have to send out like basically all their troops, which would make it oh, easier gotcha. for her to go into the TVA, just walk right up to the door, go in and, and kill the timekeepers. Which obviously didn't the plan didn't work. Gotcha. Um, but no, I agree. I mean, I, you know, you, you never know that there could be more that came from the bomb. Like it could be that all the TVA, they all got there and and the timeline was too fractured. I mean, who knows? Um, but yes, clearly by, you know, by the time, you know, that episode where we see, um, where we see, it's episode three, I think, um, where we see Loki and, um, Sylvie kind of like seeming like they're about to share a kiss when that planet, or maybe it was episode four, when that planet's about to blow up the, you know, that moon's about to blow up that planet. Um, and them getting close caused a nexus event, basically. Um, so, and and when you looked on the screen, there were no other ones. So, yeah, it seems like the other ones were resolved in some yeah. form. Um, I love and, how and, and, um, they refer to it as the most chaotic thing that could happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is why the line just went vertical <laughs> yep. off the main timeline. So, yeah. And so maybe that's that's all, all it was was that was the plan was was not to just destroy all this it was to get the tva spread too thin where she could actually infiltrate better but gotcha it, Makes sense. it wasn't explained too well i'm, I'm just assuming um yeah. but you know again marvel's having to fit all these stories into uh series episodes so i'm sure they'll get it better as they go along um but that's kind of where we leave off on loki is like where you know what's in the last episode is tuesday or wednesday morning Cat and I have been staying up till 3 a.m. on Wednesday morning to watch it. It's um, like a terrible idea. It is always a terrible idea when the episode <laughs> is over and I have to get up for work the next day. But it's a great idea when I'm watching the episode as soon as it comes out <laughs> and not having anything spoiled for me on Instagram or Twitter. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's a good I, I'm enjoying this series personally. I mean, I know WandaVision is good. I, you know, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier was fine, but Loki just seems to have bigger implications on the MCU than those other two series did. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see what. Yeah, it's uh, solid. I've know, been enjoying the characters. Next. The acting's really solid. Um, I end up liking Sylvie as a character a lot more than I thought oh, yeah. I would because she's introduced mm-hmm. so much later than the other characters. So yeah, I think everybody nails it, and I, even the what's her name B15. Like she's a good character, and when she when it's showing her realization of how she handles understanding she's yep. a variant and like C twenty, like they did a real good job of making sure that all the casting was solid. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think, and I, I liked Owen Wilson's character a lot too, Mobius. Yep. Um, they sent him back to the TVA in episode five, and I hope he didn't immediately get killed. We'll see though. Um, but yeah, it's going to be like, Hey, okay. So we've figured out the villain, but what, what comes of the TVA? Like what's next for all of those people and, and all of that. And, and, and what is the, dis, what is the, um, disbanding of the TVA going to mean for the other timeline? So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. So what else we have? I think that covered all of the topics we have for today. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, that's it for today. Look at us covering topics. <laughs> through the topics alright guys so that is going to wrap it up for us thanks for listening uh, do some socials real quick so oh uh, oh never mind we were going to talk about the fight last night but Conor McGregor broke his leg look it up online the picture is gnarly um, anyways <laughs> follow- <laughs> that's it that's what I wanted to talk about you got this it was it was like the so the guy who was fighting Dustin Poirier it's like they've each won a fight so this was going to be the like the best two out of three 
and dude just snapped his yeah. leg and and obviously like stepped on it weird so it looked I mean, it was clearly a broken leg he's stepping on so it's not good um so check that so out this is probably crazy the stuff. true end end for mcgregor's career like, he's probably done after this we'll see i think he can come back and, and get a big money fight because he's, he's kind of mcgregor you know what i mean I mean, yeah. it's, he's, he's, I'm not saying that about the skill. I mean, I think he's a good fighter, but it's, it's the he name. It's, yeah, he's listed by, but it's also the name is the brand associated with it. You know, it's, I mean, if we still got Floyd Mayweather fighting YouTubers and making a shit ton of money, I think Conor McGregor would be <laughs> fine. So, yeah, he could yeah. box. He could go back. He could get, he could get Floyd Mayweather part two, you know, Dude, that was, I mean, real. that whole series was hype. I, I've never watched. I watched like every one of their press conferences because they did like three or four press conferences leading up to the fight. I watched every one of them. I, I have never seen a more hyped up bullshit fight in my life than that. Uh, and it was it was very good. So, I mean, he could do that again. Who knows? He could do whatever he wants. It's fine. Just hope he, you know, gets better because that leg looked terrible. I mean, that thing was rough. Yeah, we met, we talked so, about a little bit before the show that a lot of leg breaks have been happening. So, I'm, doctors are probably ready. They're like, yeah, we've seen it. Happened last yeah. week too. I mean, let's, let's yeah. just oh, yeah, clean yeah. him up. It happened a couple weeks ago, actually. Toss it really him in the did. Cryo chamber. chamber. Yeah. Yep. It happened a couple weeks ago. There's another fight where this happened yeah. too. Someone kicked yeah. the leg and it was checked and just snapped and wrapped around his leg, basically. So, not not fun. But uh, no more. All kicks. right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for us. UFC is now boxing too. No more kicks. No more kicking. <laughs> oh God, Bo- boxing too, and headbutts. They're like, we don't do kicks, but you can headbutt now. Um, so anyways, <laughs> all right, y'all follow us on Facebook. Uh, we're on facebook.com slash toast talk, Twitter and Instagram is toast talk pod. Um, you can listen to us on any major podcasting platforms. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. If you would, it please help, helps the show out a lot. It takes two seconds. Just leave a rating. You can, you can just leave a rating or you can type in a review too. whatever works best for you, but just do one of them, please. Um, and then if you, if there's anything, uh, any questions you have for us about uh, the show or anything you want to hear us talk about or opinions, thoughts, if you think that we're good, if you think that we are terrible at this, send us an email at toastalkpod at gmail.com. That's T-O-A-S-T-T-L-K-P-O-D-C-S-T at gmail.com. Uh, otherwise, you guys have a great week. Love you guys as friends, and we will see you all in the next one. See you.